0: Welcome back to Duskwall. As always, thank you so much for joining us. We got some really lovely, kind reviews in December, and they absolutely brightened our holiday season. If you haven't left a review yet, please consider doing so. Reviews make us really happy, and they help new people find the show, which also makes us happy. You can continue to support us in the usual places by backing us on Patreon, where you can get all kinds of cool behind-the-scenes and secret archive content, including the Magpie's Quill blog, which features posts like Minx's Fashion Folio, Blair's Guide to the Deathlands, and Myra's Historical Research. This month, I think Minna is writing a Sherlock Holmes AU set in Duskwall, which is just awesome. I can't wait to see it. You can get all that content and so much more for just $2 per month. If you can't commit to a monthly payment, you can also buy a Magpies pin from our Shapeways store. All profits from the store go to our charity of the month. Before I get into the other announcements, I do have a content warning for this episode. This episode includes the off-screen death of a teenager and the on-screen attendance at the funeral for that teenager. If you need to, you can safely skip over that section without missing the main plot of the episode. These specific timestamps are in the show notes. Now, those other announcements. First, in case you missed it last episode, I'm working on launching a second podcast. It's called Aid Another, and it's an advice show for RPG characters. People will write in character letters as their PCs or NPCs asking for advice on a problem that their character is facing. Then, each episode, a guest host and I will answer a few of those letters. I've gotten a number of letters already, and I'm really excited to start recording this week. But I need more letters to keep recording. I'd especially love to get some from Blades in the Dark games. If you're interested, check out the show notes for a link to the submission guidelines. I was also a guest GM on She's a Super Geek for their episodes of Descent into Midnight, which are airing this month. Descent Into Midnight is a game in which players are aquatic creatures on an alien world, where psionics and bioengineering define society. The game is about community and corruption and friendship, and the stories always end up being incredibly creative and emotional. I was asked to GM the game because I'm the accessibility consultant for the published version, which is going to be on Kickstarter next month. You'll be hearing me talk a lot about Descent to Midnight when the Kickstarter launches, but if you're interested in learning more now, go check out the first part of the series by following the link in the show notes. Next, Josie is going to tell us about this month's featured charities.
1: Hi, Magpies, lovelies. Uh, two things for a featured charity this time. Uh, obviously, the Australian wildfires are insane. There's tons of charities for those donate to that that's top priority right now there's so many people without their homes um but also i just wanted to plug individual trans fundraisers again um because i am not super happy with most trans charities right now uh so please check in with your trans friends find trans people to follow send them money look out for their fundraisers so many of my trans friends are still in poverty and not seeing a jack of shit uh from most charity organizations so hashtag trans crowdfund anything like that whenever i see a trans person with a fundraiser up i try and retweet it so follow me on twitter if you need help finding stuff um yeah that's my push for featured charity this month thanks
0: 2020 has not gotten off to a great start around the world. There's the looming threat of yet another war, climate change-fueled disasters, to say nothing of the ongoing humanitarian crises in the United States and elsewhere. Compassion fatigue is a real thing. It is exhausting to be bombarded with so much terrible in the world, and to hear the calls for everyone to step up and fix everything. It's overwhelming. And sometimes it can be disempowering, because no one person can fix everything. So if it's getting to be too much, it's okay to narrow your focus for a bit. Find a few things to focus your energy or your money on for the week or for the month. Burnout and despair don't help anyone. We've got a long, hard fight ahead of us on a lot of fronts. It's okay to give yourself a break when you need it. Just don't give up. Now then, let's get started, shall we? A handful of days after the magpies have returned from their brief trip outside of Duskwall to the city of White Hollow, we find them still, I think, a bit battered and bruised after their uh, successful, uh, narrowly successful, train heist to recover the Hand of Kotar back at the Hound's Paw. And I think that it is mid-afternoon, so it's kind of a, a, a slow period between the folks who come in around lunchtime and then the, the evening crowd. So not a lot of people there, and that means Rigney is free to uh, have been basically politely pepper you with questions about White Hollow. Um, like a lot of people in Duskwall, he's never left the city, so he was very curious about uh, your your trip. I'll leave it up to all of you how many details you gave him about the uh, less pleasant parts of your adventure. (laughs) But I I think kind of as you all are are wrapping up, whatever version of the story you're telling him, um, he he comes over with a a fresh round of drinks for all of you and uh, tucks his tray under his arm and is like, well, it sounds like you all had quite a, a time. I hope it was worth all the
1: trouble. Yes, it was quite a ride, as they say.
2: But it was definitely <laughs> worth the trouble.
0: Uh, well, you—you, you, I know you weren't gone too long, but you—you you missed a bit of excitement around here. I mean, I don't know some of this you—you might have heard already. Uh, haven't seen you for a bit, so haven't been able to fill you in on all the gossip. Did someone say gossip? <laughs>
2: uh, Rigney, you should know by now. You shouldn't say the G word around me. <laughs>
0: Uh well, let's see well uh, I had uh some visitors from the inspector's uh asking about you. They're much politer than the blue coats, and he kind of gestures to the the untrashed state of his bar. Mm-hmm. there was uh one one guy with him, I think that one you've maybe worked with before uh Severin oh they weren't as thorough in questioning as they normally were. He seemed to be kind of trying to steer them off your scent, so guy.
1: That's very courteous.
0: Oh, something went down just a couple days ago, I think, not long after you left, um, with the Dimmer Sisters.
2: What, really?
0: Oh? Somebody sent assassins after them? What? Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, it- I mean, it- it didn't work.
3: Did they die?
0: Yeah, the- the assassins did, the- Yep,
3: that's what you expect.
0: Everybody found out about the assassination when the bodies were found hanging outside the fence- Oh dear! Apparently, already drained to their spirits. So, God, uh, vicious. Pretty nasty, nasty piece of work. Let's see what else. He kind of like drums his fingers on his tray as he's thinking. Oh, uh, you heard much about what's uh, going on in the docks? No.
1: Not anything besides a small kerfluffle.
0: Well, the lamp blacks. Haven't been holding their territory too well. Lost a lot of people recently. And uh, rumor is that uh, the guy in charge is thinking about just pulling out entirely out of the docks. Uh,
1: That's bad.
0: Yeah. uh, There's, well, he might not have a choice. There's also some rumors going around that uh, some of the Lamp Blacks aren't too happy with his leadership. That he... Hasn't, you know, a lot of people have died, him trying to expand out that far, and, you know, there's rumors floating around about a coup. Heavens. Yeah.
1: And it seemed that it was on the up for them once they moved in.
0: Yeah, well, uh, whoever else is trying to get control of that territory seems to be pushing back pretty hard. I see. Hmm, he kind of, he looks thoughtful and he's like... That's kind of the big stuff that that I know about. Uh, I don't know. Otherwise, things have been business as usual. Uh, A bit quieter without you all coming around all the time. And he kind (laughs) of smiles at you and winks.
1: But that is good to hear, Rigney.
0: And at at this point, the door to the the bar opens. And uh, Briggs comes in with Mallory, uh, his his guide dog. (gasps) Um, Briggs is one of... Old friend of of Manx from her misspent youth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he works, uh, he he runs a stall in the Char Hollow Market. Uh, He's an information broker. And he kind of, like, steps inside uh, and pauses like, "Uh, this the the hound's paw? Yes, hello, Briggs. Oh, (laughs) good. And I I made it here at a good time. I think Rigney will go over and and offer him his arm and walk him over to your table and... and get him a chair. Thanks, Rigney. And then is like, ah, I'd uh, uh, heard that you all had left town for a bit. Glad to hear it wasn't permanent. Just a brief holiday.
2: Had to take care of some business outside of town, that's all.
0: Yeah. He kind of frowns and, and looks like he, he's sort of struggling for, for words.
1: Is something the matter?
0: Uh, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid this isn't a, uh, a very happy social call. Um, you all uh, remember a uh, girl named Tegan? Yes. Yes. Well, um, Briggs kind of you know, pauses again. It's like, I'm, I'm afraid I've been sent to ask if you would um, well, come to her funeral. What? What? What happened? Yeah, Rigney, like, Rigney doesn't know who this girl is and he also looks kind of, like, shocked and, and sad. And uh, Briggs just shakes his head and is like, she uh, she got picked up by the Bluecoats for questioning. They held her until her father's paid the bribe, but that pretty much wiped out the money they had. And um, she lost her job because she got arrested, and, and she went back to that fucking clinic.
1: Evans.
3: We're going after Hagen. He can't keep doing this. No, hang on. It, this, it wasn't
2: because of us, was it? They, she wasn't pulled into questioning because of us?
0: He doesn't say anything. He just looks down.
3: We're going after Hagen. We can't yes. let this stand. Do you know? Do you know?
0: The coats were asking around a lot of places uh, that where people are friendly to you. I don't know for sure what they asked her, but they've been looking for you.
2: And they, they went after Tegan.
0: Briggs just, yeah, uh, again, just kind of looks down.
2: This is our fault, guys?
0: No. No. It is not your fault. The
3: bluecoats wouldn't have pulled her into questioning if she hadn't been helping us. She would have gone back to Hagen sooner if we hadn't been helping her. There was very little we could have done to stop this, except...
0: I don't know. You either take down the bluecoats, which, well, that'd be nice, but might be a tall order for the three of you, or and he, he kind of gestures towards Myra, like she said, get rid of that clinic.
3: We should have done it sooner, we've left it standing for too long. We should have burned it down when we had the chance.
1: That, I agree, but I would never have thought to have heard that suggestion from you, Myra. What
3: that, What that man does there is evil. He preys on the poor of the city for his own experimentation to help the rich who can afford the medicines he makes. He makes them sick just to find out how to make them better. People yes, go to it him is... over and over and over again and sacrifice their health because they don't have anything better.
1: M- Minx is kind of, like, leaning back in her chair a bit, her eyes wide, because it's like, wait, this is Myra being, like, passionately and outspokenly angry about something?
3: Hagen's clinic is what radicalized Myra. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> back in season one? I think season one. Yeah, that was, that was season one. That was a yeah. season one thing yeah i think briggs just kind of nods is like well eh, whatever you end up doing bastard that runs that place has got to go
2: ricky okay. can we can we get a round of wine
0: for the table and he just nods and and yeah goes and and gets drinks for you and uh i i think as as he comes back over briggs says uh funerals uh tomorrow afternoon and he'll like give you an address in in char hollow
3: God, they're going to have to face her dad's.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh Rigney comes over and and hands out the the drinks.
3: Thank you, Rigney.
1: And thank you, Briggs. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be there.
0: We will. Thanks. I think, yeah, he'll, he'll, he's not gonna, like, down his whole glass, but he'll take a, like, sip of his wine and then, you know, set it down and, uh, head head out. I think Rigney will, will again kind of walk him out to the door and, like, you know, give him a little bit of directions for, like, head this way to, you know, get back towards Char Hollow.
3: She was just a kid. She was so young. She should not have carried that on her shoulders.
1: She, she knew she could come to us.
3: We were out of town, so we could feel her. (laughs) Fuck!
1: I need to go purchase a morning dress. Would anyone like to come with me?
2: No thanks. I have
1: talks. Very well. I'll be back later.
0: So yeah, I think we'll um fade in on uh a back lot behind a a sort of rundown uh apartment building. And so I, I've been I've been thinking about this a little bit in terms of what funerals are like mm. in this setting. And the the thing is, I think there's the kind of, you know, state church, the Church of the Ecstasy of the Flesh. The whole message of that church is not great if you're poor. Oh. Uh. Well, if you think about, you know, a lot of real-world religions, a big part of kind of the the beliefs is that there is an afterlife. There is something, something usually good awaiting you after death. The this world does not have that at all. Everyone knows what happens when you die, uh, and it's pretty terrible. So the religion says that you know this life that you have is the you know the best part of your existence. Make the most of it. Which, if you are. Living in poverty, if you are hungry, if you are sick, if you are desperate, that's not a great message. That doesn't resonate. That doesn't provide a lot of hope or comfort. So I don't think Mm. that this ceremony has any kind of connection to at least the Church of Ecstasy. I kind of wanted to see if any of you had thoughts about how this might look.
1: I feel like cremation needs to be a thing, because it's not like Duskfall has like... A whole lot of space for catacombs or cemeteries or anything. Well, and you, so. you
0: have to you have to cremate the body to get rid of the spirit. I oh, think gotcha. specifically
3: the spirit wardens have to like melt you down, basically.
0: Typically, whenever someone dies, the spirit wardens collect the body, take it to Bellwether Crematorium, cremate it in a specific way so that the spirit is destroyed, and then probably I would presume like return the ashes for for the burial for I the funeral. If maybe
3: like the memorial isn't at all about the body so much as it's about remembering the life.
0: Yeah. I think that's very much what it would, would be. Yeah. So I think it's, it's more of a, like, I wonder if it's something where it's like, instead of there being like prayers or, or things like that, it's, it's people kind of taking turns sort of sharing memories of the person.
4: Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what the thing would do at least.
3: Yeah. Like a more of a memorial than an internment.
0: Yeah 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 trying to focus on the life that the person had rather than anything else um it's a it's actually a fairly uh, there, there's a decent number of people gathered in in this uh, back lot area there there's It looks like a lot of people from the neighborhood um Briggs is there uh, with some folks that uh, Minks you recognize kind of as as working with him there's uh you know, a, a group of people that look like they're about Tegan's age that are all kind of clustered together, mm-hmm. you know, guessing that they're some of her friends. There's a a group of people that are around two men that are sitting beside each other holding hands, just looking gutted. Mm-hmm. And I I think that, yeah, kind of as, as you're there, you know, different people will, will take turns sort of Sharing memories of Tegan, Um, there's a lot of crying. There's some laughing, you know, there's some stories that that are sillier ones about goofy stuff she got up to when she was a kid. But it's a very somber, bleak affair. And I think it's, you know, it's probably an hour or so. um, And then people kind of start to disperse. Um, I think that there probably is sort of the the, uh, usual post-funeral meal that that's offered uh, inside. Um, I think I don't think that it's um, her fathers that are hosting it. I think somebody else in the building has has opened up their home for that. I don't know if you all stick around for that, but
4: I'd like to talk to our fathers. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Hey, that's okay. If it's too much for you. I'm we good. can. I'm good with it. i. I feel like I'm good with it. If I start to not be, we'll just pull the plug on it. So, yeah, I think a, a lot of people want to talk to her fathers. So, you know, it, it's kind of that, like, waiting in line thing to offer your, your sympathies. They're, they're kind of sitting off to, to one side of the, the gathering, um, where everyone else is kind of, you know, getting food and, and talking quietly. But yeah, then the, the three of you come up. Uh, her, her dads don't look... They have that look to where, like, they're not actually that old like they're probably mm-hmm. in their late 30s but they've just had very hard lives and it shows lines on their faces um one of her her father's caught is you know kind of has a handkerchief and he keeps coughing into a lot you know just it's it's clear that things have have never been very easy for them mm-hmm. um and they they kind of look up at the three of you as as you approach and clearly do not have any idea who
1: you are <laughs> Minx actually kind of hangs back a little bit. Okay.
2: We were friends of your daughters. My name is Blair. I'm Myra.
1: Minx. Uh,
0: it's nice to uh, meet you. Um, the one who's been talking more, the one who isn't coughing. says, <laughs> uh, so, so, um, I'm Stev. Uh, this is my husband, Brance. Um, good to meet you, although I, I, I wish we'd been able to meet sooner. Might have been better circumstances.
2: We're so sorry for what happened.
0: Th- thank you.
2: This is um, a blend of tea that I gave Tegan last time that I saw her. And Blurr
4: uh, hands out a little pouch I meant to take.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Brance will, will take it. And be like, oh, she uh, made some of this uh, for us. Uh, helped a bit. Th- thank you. You're welcome. I think Myra also gives the, the equivalent of a coin. I think when, like, I, I imagine, like, you're holding out in, like, a little pouch or something. Yeah. So I think Stev, you know, will reach out to take it, and when he realizes that you're handing him money, he kind of freezes and is like, what, What? what is this?
3: I don't, I don't know if she's told you, but we've been helping. I know it's, it's not going to change what happened, but perhaps it can help ease things for a little bit.
0: I think when, when, when you say, like, we've been helping, um, he kind of, like, squints at you a little bit and is like, the magpies.
3: I didn't know if she told you. That's us.
0: Yeah, she talked about you. Um, talked about you. Uh, well, not a lot, but when when she did, it was always uh, very very positive. Very, she thought very highly of you. And um, we're so sorry. You you helped her a great deal, and helped us too. And we we appreciate it very much. And yeah, I I think like he he still seems a little like uncomfortable about taking the money, but it's kind of that like he needs it. So yeah, he'll he'll take it and kind of, you know, thank you again. Um and, and you know, slip it into a pocket.
3: This was a tragedy. I'm sorry we weren't able to stop it.
0: it wasn't your responsibility to stop it. It's it's how life goes here sometimes. You shouldn't have to I think he just kind of you know Shrugs, sort of like, yeah, I probably shouldn't, but what are you going to do about it? This is
3: a strange question. Hmm. What was her last name? She never said
0: Welker. Our, our family name's Welker. Thank you. Thank, thank you for for coming. It, we appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. You all move on, and kind of the next set of people to, you know, give their condolences come up, and. Unless there's anything else you all want to do um, in this scene or in this uh, neighborhood. Um, I think we can probably cut back to the, the nest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guessing that that evening, it's probably still pretty quiet in there.
1: So we're burning it down, yes?
3: <laughs> Perhaps not burning it down so much as ridding it of a pest.
1: How do we intend to do that?
3: We can't forget that Hagen's powerful. As much as I'm for this, we have to be careful. I think we have to set something up in advance to make the transition as easy as possible.
2: Okay.
1: Transition to whom?
2: That's the question, isn't it? It's not like we know too many rich assholes would be willing to buy a clinic.
1: And that is just the issue. It cannot be another rich asshole.
2: Well, what kind of person with money actually is a good person in this city? That's the question, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. like finding a needle in a pile of bones.
1: Why does it seem like all we ever do these days is try and mitigate the consequences to people we care about? Or throw people in the way?
3: I don't know, but I... We're starting to make a difference, which means people are starting to fight back. Are we?
1: Are we? I don't know. About that.
3: people are still You're right. We're starting to make a name for ourselves, which isn't the same as making a difference.
1: It's funny. When we somewhat gave up on making a name for ourselves, that's when it comes to us. And we decide to make a difference, and that goal seems farther and farther away.
2: We're scaring them. We have to do more than that. So what do we do to actually change things?
1: And how do we do it without putting more of the people we love in the way?
3: We need to find somebody who has the power to change this one thing because we don't have that yet. That's
2: precisely the problem, don't you get it, Myra? Nobody else in power wants to change. So who do we know that actually has deep pockets and is not as big as an asshole as everybody else?
1: We know fuck what's that contacts name of mine? I think the guy with the T um Amancio Amancio
0: the deal broker. Amancio um, is, isn't he is, tapped out? <laughs> uh, it's been a while. It's been a long time. He was tapped out for a while, but I, I think he would be able to, to work with you again at this point, just to sort of clarify for the listeners. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that the plan at this point is that you want to find, uh, somebody wealthy to take over the clinic and run it, you know, actually as a helpful place. Right. As opposed right. to creepy experiments. So Amancio does not have that kind of money, but Amancio does have connections to the upper echelons of society. I will say in terms of kind of other connections that you you might have as a group or as as individuals, Minx your work with the Weeping Lady that's kind of the charity yeah. that operates in the city, so you could see if they know of anybody who makes large, generous donations mm-hmm. Blair, you could try your hand with the Reconciled. Um, a lot of them have connections kind of also in, in high society. What
4: about um,
0: Arana, the Blessed? Do you think she's been tapped out for a long time, but do you think she has any high ties? I don't think we ever really developed her too much. So no. you, you could try it. I think that would kind of be like seeing how that uh, how, how that gather info role went. Okay. To see what, what you were able to learn to see if she has any connections. I'd be willing to roll for her for that. Okay. You don't have a lot of direct connections to high society, but you do have some more indirect means of trying to feel that out. Right. It's just a lot of those are, are threads that you either have not ever really kind of tugged on for this purpose, or you haven't uh, gone to for for a while. So uh, who who wants to start with their kind of fanning out and talking to people to try to find the, the one kind of decent person with money in this city. Um, I'm willing to take a shot. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead and, and I think make your roll first. Cause that'll kind of determine the tenor of the conversation. I imagine consort. Yeah.
4: Double ones. I knew I should have blessed my dice.
0: <laughs> Wait, if you only have one in consort, why did you roll two
4: extra plus one dice for gather info? Oh,
0: you're correct. <laughs> I remember the roll. You did! You remembered the whole-ass rule that I forgot! Yay. <laughs> yeah, um, I think you go and, and try to talk to Arana, but she she just doesn't operate in those circles at all. Right. She tends to work kind of more on the fringes of society with, with those sort of folks. You know, people kind of more in your position. She does seem glad to see you, though. Yeah, She hasn't seen you for a while. Well, she was tapped for a long, long time. Yes, yeah, but but you know she she's glad that you're you're not you didn't get dead. She was a little worried. That Aww. tends to happen to people in in this sort of you know line of work. They get possessed by a ghost, or they summon a demon and get their throat ripped out.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't know anything
0: about that. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, if you'd if you'd like to learn more about demons, I have some very interesting books. I. Would love some
2: because <laughs> I could use some more reading material on that.
0: Yeah, so so Blair, <laughs> you don't learn anything helpful <laughs> about finding someone to sponsor uh, a, a reformed clinic, but you do get a few interesting tomes on how demons work. Yay! <laughs> Yay!
1: <laughs> demons. Fine. Um,
0: yeah. Who wants to? Uh, who wants to go next? I might
1: as well go next.
0: All right. Uh, I think again. Just go ahead and make your roll first, and then we'll we'll kind of figure out how it how it goes.
1: I'm doing a consort on this one. Yeah, I feel like these are probably all going to be consort. Got a six.
0: Okay. So I I imagine that you you go to the the soup kitchen that you usually volunteer at. Yeah. I imagine that you kind of have more regular shifts that you you work. You kind of sign up to work at a certain time and. This is not your usual time, so I think the the woman in charge is like, "Oh, uh, do you go by Minx or Ellie there?"
1: I think I go by Ellie there. Okay,
0: it's like, "Oh, Ellie, um, it's good to see you. I don't think we have you on the schedule for today."
1: Oh yeah, um, yeah. I wasn't coming in for a shift, although I mean, if you if you need help, um, I was actually hoping to talk to you about some higher up stuff.
0: Oh. Um, certainly. And yeah, she'll, she'll usher you back into, uh, her, her very small, cramped office. Um, she has to like clear some papers and stuff off a chair. I think her name is, have I named anybody Helena yet? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So yes, her name is Helena. She's kind of in charge of this, this soup kitchen branch of the Weeping Lady. Um, yeah, so she'll, she'll clear some stuff off a chair so you can sit and then she'll sit behind her desk and be like, uh, what, what can I help you with?
1: Um... Yeah, like, there's... Okay, so there's this clinic, um, and they're not as good and on the up-and-up as you all are here. Hagen? Um, Yeah, Hagen. She
0: makes a face like she just bit into a lemon.
1: Yeah. You all don't have
0: lemons, but it's that face.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. uh, My thoughts exactly, and uh, I'm looking for someone who's not Hagen, to run that place. And, you know, hopefully make things different. I'll admit, I don't know exactly where our funding comes from, uh, precisely, but if there's someone like that.
0: I think there there's sort of a long pause. Well, she she's sort of doing that thing where she's, like, staring through you, kind of thinking. Um, and then she says, I am not going to ask how you plan on... Uh, making the clinic available for someone else to control.
1: That's probably smart.
0: But I can tell you, um, we don't have many uh, benefactors in the sort of upper echelons of society. So the the ones who do help us, uh, their names tend to stick out. And um, one family that has been pretty consistent in their their donations and, and fairly generous are the uh, the Evermars.
1: Evermars. Do I know anything offhand about them? Um,
0: hmm. Let me think. Yeah, because you do sort of move around in high society a lot. So, like most of the wealthy families in the city, um, they make their money through their Leviathan Hunter ships. Or, like, most of the nobility, really. Yeah. If, if you have Leviathan Hunter ships, you basically get to be nobility in Duskwall. Mm-hmm. I think what you know is kind of more what you can can, can infer from their absence. Um, they tend not to go to the sort of events and parties that that you do. um They're a little more not reclusive, but just they their their social events are not as as frequent and not as loud <laughs> their Their parties tend to be a little bit more restrained. They're, uh, you, you do know that the, the kind of people, uh, you know, running the house, Lady Verena Evermar and her spouse, uh, Liege Greer. Yeah, they're uh, a little bit older. Um, they're like in their 30s. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think older than kind of the, the, you know, younger nobility that you tend to run around with. They've got a couple children. Um, they're they're just sort of at a a different stage in their life than the the young nobles that you tend to hang out with, minx and and pump right. for information. Helena says that yeah, um, the Avramar family has been um, very supportive of us. Um, I don't I don't know if taking over an entire clinic is something that they would be interested in. But I think if you're going to find anyone who stands a chance of being interested. Um, they would be a good place to start,
1: right? And they could do it if they wanted.
0: I I think so, probably. Okay, that's I, good. I don't know the the ins and outs of their financial state, but um, I believe that it would be possible. If, quite frankly, even if it results in a reduction in their donations to us, having that having that man out of the picture and away from the people that we're trying to help would be
1: more than worth mm-hmm. it. would let us treat the disease and not the symptoms.
0: That would be that would be a great improvement. Yes.
1: Thank you, Helena. Is it Actually, is it all right if I like stay and help for a couple hours? I'm like feeling like I need to do it.
0: <laughs> I think we can find a spot for you and yeah, she'll she'll walk you up and you know, find get you an apron and Find you a, a place where you can help out. Probably puts you on dish, dish duty to start with. <laughs> okay, Myra, if you, we, we can say that this happens kind of after Minx comes back and reports in on, on what she learned so that you yeah. can ask specific questions about this family to Amancio. So go ahead and make your roll. Five. Yeah, so you head uh, up into, I think, where did we say Amancio lived? I think in Charter Hall. To, to his town home in Charter Hall, and yeah, you're you're let in and I think escorted into the, the parlour as usual. And you, you have to wait there for a couple minutes before you hear uh not running footsteps but like speed walking footsteps down the hallway and then the doors fling open and a monster's like Myra oh where? Where are the rest of you? I, I thought that there would be, I thought you would all be here. It has been so long since I've seen you. And he like rushes over and <laughs> takes your hands. It's just like, oh.
3: me today. I'm sorry to disappoint you.
0: Oh, never a disappointment. Are are you, are you well? Are you all all right? It's, it's been quite a while.
3: We're very well. Thank you. It's just been busy.
0: I completely understand. Uh, please, please have a seat. Uh, tell of me, course. what can I do for you?
3: <laughs> if you'll give me a moment to speak, of course. <laughs> We actually, um, had some questions about a noble family here in the city. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we would like to find a way to meet with them. The Evermars? Lady Verena and Leech Greer?
0: Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Evermars. I haven't done a lot of business with them directly myself, but, uh, oh! Uh, and I think, like, without actually explaining himself, he vaults to his feet and runs out of the room again. I love him. And then comes back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is like flipping through uh, a notebook. And is like, ah, yes, 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 yes. I had heard about this. They are hosting a masquerade ball, I believe for Lady Verena's birthday, um, in about a week's time.
3: Invitation only?
0: It is invitation only, but he kind of thinks for a minute, flips through his notebook some more, and is like, I might know some people who got invited and have some spare invitations that they're not going to be using if you would like them. Oh, of course I would like them. Three? Three. Come back here in a a few days and I should have them for you. Thank you very much. Pleasures are now in exchange. You have to come back more often and especially you have to come back and tell me all about it.
3: No, that is a bargain I will happily keep.
0: (laughs) So yeah, you, you basically know that it is, it's a masquerade ball it's gonna be extremely fancy dress-up, and you know, uh, you know when and where it is, so you you can head home and deliver that news to your compatriots.
1: <laughs> Minx is still a little bit mopey in the nest when you get back. I
0: think Myra leans over her shoulder. I've got some news that might cheer
3: you up. Oh, we're going to a masquerade ball.
1: Minx immediately <laughs> wheels around and <laughs> looks at you, and just like. Thank you. <laughs> and she like pulls you into like a really big hug, real quick.
4: Iris laughing it. Blair comes out of her room. What now?
1: We're going to a masquerade ball, Blair. This is literally a dream come true. I need to. I need to go get ready. She with like not you right hear now. the clicking of her shoes before you like register that she's even left. <laughs> she's in My her room.
3: And you're not just doing this at your her up. The Evermars are throwing a masquerade ball, and Amancio promises he can get us three invitations. Huh. It may be our best opportunity of getting close to these people.
0: And at what point does Minx realize she needs to take her friend shopping?
1: Probably ab- after about a half an hour of strange thumping noises coming from Minx's room. <laughs> uh, she says, she, she rushes back down, kind of like half put together. Are you all prepared? Uh Be honest.
2: Uh I mean
1: That sounds like we need to go shopping, Blair. Ugh. We're going. <laughs> but
2: I already have an outfit that I wear to rich people parties.
1: But do you have a proper mask?
2: Uh
1: I think not.
2: I've got my spirit mask.
1: That 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 won't do it, what? dear. We need something Why won't? fanciful and delightful and thematic.
3: My spirit mask <laughs> is beautiful. I need it. It is beautiful, I agree, Blair. But it... Is not terribly subtle
4: mm.
3: if we're trying to be in disguise. Are we trying to be in disguise? We should probably be in disguise.
1: In so much as I will be hiding in plain sight, I will be in disguise.
0: <laughs> Let's do a, a quick shopping montage. Everybody give me one
1: scene from this. I kind of like the idea of, at the very least, Blair getting really into the mask part. And, like, kind of getting out of Minx's control a little bit, because, like, <laughs> Blair's going for all, like, the weird and esoteric masks, and, right. like, Minx is like, oh, no, heavens, no, we, we still need to stay in fashion, and Blair's like, nope.
0: <laughs> Let me be weird! <laughs> Blair holding, like, three masks in front of her face at once. Yeah, and they're all, like, based off of Death Lane's animals. Yes, that's very good.
4: She's holding on to, like, a death crow and, like, an ash bear, and (laughs) the hyena one that we haven't named, like, all at once. Yeah. I think it's Myra. Minx, how do you feel about capes?
1: Oh, capes are excellent. It's off-season for capes. But I think at a masquerade ball that you can get away with it. I think an over-the-shoulder cape would look good on you.
3: (laughs) I can't say I've ever worn a cape, but it's a mess, <laughs> Things will
1: off. absolutely help Myra find capes. And I wrote a magpies quill yeah, about yeah. capes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the, the magpies are going to spend, I imagine, a good chunk of the next week. Because uh, this is the kind of thing where like you need to have a dress or an outfit uh, like tailored to you. So <laughs> I'm going to spend a lot of the next week preparing for this party all right. Uh, this is definitely a social score. You've got your invitations to this fancy party. I'm gonna assume everybody's doing a light load engagement roll. I just need a handful of dice. Oh my god! <laughs> this is gonna be a three d six engagement roll. Four, five, six. <laughs> Yay! So yeah, you're you're gonna be starting off um, in a controlled position. So. The, the night of the, the masquerade ball celebrating Lady Verena Evermar's birthday arrives, you, you all head up uh, into Brightstone and then out onto Balmore Bridge, which is actually the bridge that leads into White Crown, which is uh, the wealthiest district in the city. Um, Myra is the only one who's ever been there to, to go to um, Duskfall Academy. That is where the Lord Governor lives. That is where the uh, city council meetings are held. A lot of the city councilors live out there. Bowmore Bridge stretches between... it's, It's said to be the largest bridge in the Imperium. It's an architectural marvel. And there are all along the edges... Of this bridge, there are very fine, like townhomes and luxury shops and things where people. So there, there are people who live on this bridge, stretching between these two districts. And uh, the Evermars, uh, their their home is in one of these houses along the bridge. I think you get there pretty close to, to when the party is starting. Um, so there's a, a little bit of a line to get in. Um, and I think that we we see the, the magpies kind of step out of the the, the shadows into the, the light um, around this house as you all are approaching the door. So, Myra, what are you wearing to this party?
3: Myra is in... It's kind of like... A girly take on Robin Hood, like a short cape in green with, like, white floral embroidery, then a a long matching dress underneath, you know, long fingerless gloves with matching fabric and embroidery, a deep hood that she has up for now, (laughs) Um, and then probably, like, a, a mask that covers the top half of her face in, like... I kind of want to say brown
0: does the the mask have any embroidery on it i'm picturing like a similar like that floral embroidery is the consistent i think
3: i think it's actually like brown leather oh, in kind of like leaf cool. shapes like
0: overlapping leaves that's very cool uh blair
4: yes so blair famously as we know is not a dress girl but what she pulled together is no less dramatic because of it um, I imagine that she took a slight page out of Lord Scurlock's book as far as fashion goes. Of and her outfit is somewhere in between a pantsuit suit and a cloak combination. She has um I-, I would say a cravat on as well as some chains on the lapels of her jacket, but the coattails trail out behind her in um a very cape-like fashion, and she does have a hood. Her sleeves, at the shoulders even though are suit-like, as they get past the elbow, they become long, billowy, a bit of more feminine sleeves. And she just has pants on top of this combination, a sash on her belt that's high-waisted, and some pointed dress shoes. As far as her mask goes, I would say that it's acceptably spooky. Not so spooky <laughs> that it's disturbing. It's kind of like the, oh yeah, you're going for a creepy thing. That makes sense. But it's not enough to scare off some rich people. It's based off of um, the life secret crows in the Deathlands. And it's, I imagine it covers the top half of the face. It has that jet black feathers, maybe with uh, artificial though, of course. So they kind of have like that blue sheen when the light hits it just right. And um, it has a beak at the
0: covering the nose. Excellent. And Minx.
1: <laughs> minx is wearing a long, flowing, deep blue evening gown. Not one with a very poofy bottom or a corset, just a very trim evening gown with a bits up at the sides pulled up into uh, pleats. Um, the top half has golden embroidery and sort of swirling patterns meant to kind of suggest wind. And maybe a little bit of stars in there. Um, mm. the collar is a little bit high and is cinched together, but leaves a bit of a keyhole underneath it. It's sleeveless, but she's wearing matching opera gloves. The, the whole back is open pretty much. Um, and peeking out from the dress and across her back are draped silver necklaces and various other jewelries. And her mask is. A magpie mask. It's a magpie in flight, and the beak is kind of where the flare of the nose is. The teal of feathers are around the eyes. And the black tail feathers form a crown at the top of her forehead.
4: In other news, I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Good, I'm glad. (laughs) I I included open backs opera gloves, and a keyhole in this, which are like three of my favorite dress things, and I am <laughs> fucking...
0: Listen, RPGs are uh, a fertile ground for just being unapologetically self-indulgent, and I love it. So the three of you get up to the, the front doors of the estate, um, and there there's a servant waiting there. Um, as, as you will see when you get inside, all of the staff are wearing um, dark blue suits and, like, dark blue domino masks so like it's not enough to disguise their faces at all but it's sort of the like they they match mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest of the the masquerade and the the uh young woman who's standing there um takes your invitations um looks at them uh just you know doesn't there's no problem at all uh puts them in the basket and is like uh welcome to the Avramar estate uh please head on inside
1: thank you It seems that I've matched the dress code.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, the the three of you head in. I think it's it's a more of a like long and narrow uh, foyer, checkerboard tile floor. um, And there's a um, wide staircase at the far end that goes up to uh, a balcony on the second floor that circles the whole foyer. There's some people who are kind of still mingling in the foyer. There's a number of rooms off the foyer that um, are open, um, that people are kind of drifting in and out of. Um, uh, Yeah, everyone here is dressed impeccably, latest fashions, beautiful clothes. um, Everyone is wearing a mask. And kind of from the the chatter that you can hear, it sounds like the Evermars um, have not made an appearance yet. They haven't uh, come downstairs so you you have a little bit of time um to just kind of wander around and and check the place out maybe see what you can learn about uh the the evermars before uh trying to approach them
1: yeah minx is gonna do that but is gonna be a bit relaxed about it because she's just relieved to be able to like actually mingle with people
0: yeah and be in her
1: element so she might just be genuinely participating in conversations and trying to be part of the party here yeah
4: i would like to roll a study check since i imagine blair is going to be a bit of a wallflower at this moment mm-hmm. because our society isn't really her thing she doesn't know how to talk yeah. to people when it's not about weird <laughs> shit so <laughs> yeah i'm gonna roll a study
0: okay what are you uh looking for with the study roll
4: just getting a lay of the exits not that she (laughs) expects things to get violence but it's just kind of a force of habit
0: yeah yeah at this point you're in a fancy place you want to know how to leave it quickly right that makes sense yeah go ahead and make that roll okay that's a three and a six okay so because this uh house is out on a bridge um the exits are a little more limited in the foyer, it seems like the only way out is the front door, but you kind of like, as, as you're sort of, I think you kind of drift around the first floor a little bit. There's a, um, there's like a parlor and a drawing room that are also open for people to to head into and, and socialize. Um, and there's a, uh, like a grand dining hall that's still being set up for a meal But kind of in in those side rooms, there are windows that you can tell, like, they look out onto an alley on this bridge. So, Mm -hmm. like, you know, if if for some reason you can't exit through the front doors, uh, there are numerous large windows that you could go out through. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, I think you also notice there's a, uh, like, a cool painting of... um, the void sea with like a um, what's it called when like whales come up? Breach. Breaching, breaching, yeah. It's it's a like breaching leviathan. Ah, uh, that's her shit. She's gonna yeah, stare at that and
4: pretend to be sophisticated and understand art for a while.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. i mean and and that's you you can study that painting without really drawing any attention to yourself um you also look like the kind of person who'd be staring at that sort of painting so it works out it does
4: how about that hey
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) ah the spooky goth person is staring at the spooky painting (laughs) who
4: would have guessed
0: yeah myra what are what are you up to
3: i think i'm like working the room kind of okay like just just having conversation or if I can sort that anything
0: yeah um yeah if you want do you want to make a roll to see if you can yeah. pick up any information that is a five is there particular information you're looking for you just want to learn more about your your hosts yeah the people that you're going to be trying to yeah so I think just sort of you can't really ask a lot of direct questions because you don't want to give away that you don't actually know these people so you just sort of have to go by what what you overhear. You know, there's there's kind of chatter about um, you know, the the Evermars businesses. Uh, you know, they are uh they they have a fleet of Leviathan hunter ships kind of talking about that. Um it seems like they have been fairly profitable lately. You do catch a few kind of snide comments about um liege greer, and they're all kind of like backhanded and and, uh, not really direct, but you sort of piece together that um, Greer is not originally of the upper classes. Uh, They married into money. They've been married for quite some time, you know, over a decade, but there's still people making these, these snide comments (sighs) about Greer's background. So there's not, you don't really get anything specifically about like how they met or like what what they were doing prior to um marrying Lady Verena. But yeah, you you kind of pick up on on that uh, from some of the
1: conversations.
0: Uh Minx, do you wanna make a consort role to or
1: well, Sway? I'm thinking Sway because Minx wants to make an impression. <laughs> uh, I think Minx is being fairly jovial and Telling many tales of exciting, let's say, ventures she has been involved in, which mm-hmm. are re-skinned tales of scores we've actually been on to learn the truth <laughs> oh, of it. But you know, but you know, re but, you know, re-spun to not be, to be more to these people, t- people's tastes and not admitting to high crimes in front of everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. And basically, my goal is I want to make an impression. So people are talking about me. And the Evermars are going to hear about me as soon as they get here.
0: Okay, got it. Got a six. Yeah, um, I think, like, Myra and, and Blair, um, about half an hour after you get there, you you both kind of glance around and you see Minx, who is a fairly tall woman, um, <laughs> standing, like, in the midst of this circle of, of, like, recent admirers who are just standing around while Minx is basically holding court.
1: <laughs> yes attention <laughs>
0: telling stories and people will laugh at all the right moments Um, at some point somebody does kind of like playfully like tap your arm and it's like a magpie mask that's so Daring of you with those terrible criminals all over the city. Oh, I love it.
1: <laughs> I know. I could not resist. It, this is ex- precisely the sort of thing I live for. You understand? <laughs> yeah, she yeah, so like, Does
4: a double take. She's just like.
1: <laughs> I I think also as the stories wear thin, some of Mix's fan fanfiction is making its way in there. Uh, <laughs> like, I guess. <laughs> then, like the stuff from the Langan Import Score. Oh my and- god!
0: Yes, <laughs> that's very good. Um, and like they're they're eating it up. Like they love it. You are the best thing that could have ever happened to this party. And I think after probably 40, 45 minutes um, after you all arrive, um, there there's sort of a like that that a shift in the room as everyone sort of turns towards the stairs and two people. Uh, start descending. Um, so one of them is a uh, tall, tan-skinned person. Uh, Looks like they're a Ruvian. Um, they have um, short, thick, dark hair, uh, dark eyes, and they are wearing a, a, a one-shoulder gown, so it only has the strap across one shoulder, and then it goes down. Hot. Yes. It's a mostly black gown. Gown, But at the shoulder, there's like uh, a little silver embroidery in like the shape of a crescent moon. And then kind of like weaving diagonally down across the dress down to the the bottom of the skirt um, is this uh, silver embroidery of stars. And then the moon basically going through the phases so that at the bottom of the skirt is like a large uh, full moon. Um, And it actually has then the kind of the dimmer sister pale reflections of the moon on either side. And then they are accompanied by a uh, woman wearing a, the the whole dress is gold, um, like ruffly cap sleeves, um, a very wide collar. Um, She's wearing some gold jewelry, a little bit of a train um, and there's, like, lace that kind of drags along the floor. Um, she is um, Akaroze, pale skin, dark hair that's done up in a very, like, fashionable updo. Yeah, and uh, I think, like, as they kind of, like, get to the, not quite bottom of the stairs, but um, a few steps above it, and one of the, the servants announces um, honored guests, Lady Verena and Liege Greer Evermar. And there's, you know, polite applause from everyone. And I think that both of them have uh like they ha they have the masks that are on sticks. So they can kind of like, oh yes, we're participating in the masquerade, but uh they're not, you know, wearing the masks uh generally.
4: It's it's so that they can be like, um, do you know who I am?
0: A little bit. It's <laughs> it's just my party. I'm not covering up my face. So Yeah, they uh, both descend the stairs looking amazing and uh, kind of are immediately not mobbed, but gently surrounded (laughs) by people who, who are, you know, wishing Verena a happy birthday, who are wanting to talk to them. Myra, you sort of noticed, like, some of the people who were making snide comments about Greer are now kind of, like, fawning over them and, like, trying to be very flattering. Yeah, of course.
1: I'm sad all the attention is going away. Yeah, but unfortunately, about, about
0: half of your crowd <laughs> breaks off, Minx. Um, but, I mean, your, your goal was to have your name sort of dropped uh, yes. to them. So I think... Um,
1: And for the sake of completeness, I think my alias currently is Lady Crawford.
0: Okay. I think that after a little bit, Greer does kind of break off from uh, their wife and heads off into one of the the side rooms. And nobody really seems to go after them um, to kind of continue a conversation.
1: Minx will approach and knock politely.
0: Yeah, um, I think that they uh, are... There's like so there's servants walking around with drinks but there's also like <laughs> they're unlocking a cabinet to get out something a little stiffer.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And so I think that uh they kind of like startle and straighten up and are like, "Oh, uh, no need to knock. Uh, our our home is open to all of our guests. Uh although I well, it's probably just the mask. I I don't entirely recognize you right now."
1: Uh, well, it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance, and I'm Lady Crawford. I am very glad you hosted this. Happy birthday to your wife, by the way.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. I will uh, be happy to pass that along. Uh, she's been hearing that from everyone out there.
2: Myra Langdon of Langdon Imports. So wonderful to finally meet you.
4: And
0: uh, a she pleasure. shakes hands.
3: Selma Merriweather,
0: a pleasure to meet you as well. Um... Did you, uh, need me for something, or...?
1: Uh, yes, we have actually been hoping to talk with you this evening. Not business, but it may lead to business.
0: Oh, um, are you sure that you're looking for me, then? Um, Verena usually handles most of the, the business side of affairs.
2: We're simply here to gauge interest.
1: Yes. All right. Although, if she wishes to join us, that would, of course, be welcome.
0: Well, I can hear you out and uh decide if it's uh if it'll be uh, worth her time to bring her in.
1: What uh what sort of business? You are aware of man by the name of Hagen, from what I understand, known in the medical world outside uh Char Hollow?
0: So they for a, a split second kind of scowl and then quickly rearrange their face into sort of that that like polite And just like, uh, Dr. Hagen, yes, uh, I've, I've heard of, uh, some of his work, um, don't have any sort of personal connection, uh, we've never made use of his services, but I'm, I've heard the name.
1: Yes, well, we have heard and seen quite a bit of his work also, and I know it is a masquerade ball, but regarding that, I do not think we need to hide behind a mask regarding the man. Give me a roll. Yeah.
0: Do you want an assist?
1: Yes, please.
0: Okay. You can have it. All right. So you'll take one stress, Blair. And then what are you rolling?
1: I'm trying to decide between consort and sway. Because I'm, like, trying to persuade, to be honest.
0: It, that feels like consort, because, like, you're explicitly saying I'm trying to be open with you here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. going a five.
0: So I think Greer kind of studies you for a moment and is like they are willing to hear you out like they're they're clearly going to like listen to you but they're still being a little cagey in terms of their own reaction um I'm just going with again kind of the the reduced effect thing right so they basically kind of what um what is your interest in Dr. Hagans' work and why would you wish to speak with me about it
1: well the manner in which he proceeds is a dead end, and other avenues need to be explored. Of course, one of his stature is not easily, one; his position is not easily turned over to just anyone.
0: Uh, I am uh, not a Physiker of any kind, uh...
1: Of course, of course. But, of course, we mean the clinic as an institution, rather than the position of head physiker.
0: They They sort of frown at you again. What exactly do you want from me here? Could we speak privately? Give me another roll. Six. Okay, nice. I, I assume that was consort? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Greer kind of looks the three of you over again, and their gaze hangs on Minx's mask for just a second long, and then they look back at Myra and go... Yes, I I think we can do that. Um, And they they gesture for you to to follow them um, back through the foyer and then kind of down past the stairs. And they open up like a a back sitting room that uh, is it's not like a mess, but it clearly was not intended to be open to the public. (laughs)
1: Mm hmm
0: you know, it, it looks like a family room more, like the furniture in here is a little more chosen for comfort rather than appearance. There are children's toys that are are kind of tucked away in the corners. Um, you know, it, it's a, a much sort of homier space than the rest of uh, what, what you've seen so far. And yeah, they, they bring you in. And I think like, Kind of gesture at a couch like they're about to invite you to sit and then stop and kind of like move a pillow aside and pull out like a doll. Oh! <laughs> Put the pillow back and be like, sorry, uh, please have a seat. And then they, they go over and like set the doll with the rest of the, the kids' toys. And be Like uh, mm-hmm. our, our children have a somewhat strained relationship with the concept of cleaning up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I understand completely.
0: Um and so like they, they I imagine like the three of you are on this couch and they, they sit down across from you and seem to be a bit more relaxed and are like, um, if you could speak a bit more plainly about what your interest is with Hagen's clinic and with
1: me and my wife.
3: I think Myra kind of glances sideways at Minks to see.
1: Yes, and for once that will be a relief. Hagen his work kills people, and that needs to end. And Hagen himself will soon in, end, but...
0: I think when you say that, they they hold up their hands and are like, please don't tell me any details.
1: As you wish. But a clinic of that size could do a lot of work for that area. Where are you from, by the way?
0: Uh, I, I think that they give you a, a kind of, like self-deprecating smile and say, uh, Barocleft, believe it or not.
1: Uh, I see. I'm from Charhol myself.
0: Myself
2: as well. I hail from Tyker House, so a little bit about being an outsider.
0: Yes, well, that, uh, would certainly explain your interest in the place, I suppose, um.
1: Yes, and... It's not something that can simply go away, but it can't. We cannot risk another Hagen being in charge.
0: As I said, uh, I'm not a physicist. Uh, are you.
2: We're in the business of transferring ownership, and we need benefactors if we are to do that.
0: Ah. Uh, yes. You need funding. We need funding. A patron? Yes. I see. If. Dr. Hagen were to resign his position, what do you have someone in mind to take over running the place?
1: We have ties in that field. We are still picking someone specific out, but... My
2: business, Langen Imports, Ports, have seen Hagen's work up close, and since learning of his cruelty, we've terminated his contract. And that has motivated our business into... Possibly taking this side venture into bettering the building and looking into physicists.
0: I see. <sighs> well, uh, maintaining a place like that isn't going to be cheap. No doubt. But what is your um, timeline for the clinic becoming available for a new patron?
1: As soon as possible. I see. Just this week... We attended the funeral of someone who went there. It cannot be allowed to stand. Uh,
0: yeah, their face kind of falls a little bit, and they nod, like, "Very well." Um, I'll speak to Verena. Uh, she's sympathetic to these sort of causes. And kind of again, there's that self-deprecating smile.
1: Also, do not feel compelled to do so just because of the uh, of the mask I wear.
0: Thanks. Greer kinda pauses for a moment and uh looks the three of you over and and just says I uh I still have some family and friends down in that part of the city. And I think I hear some very different stories about the work that certain people are doing than perhaps uh the most of the company that my wife keeps.
1: That is good to hear.
0: I think that, you know, Greer will, will sort of nod thoughtfully and, and says, I will, uh, I'll speak with Verena and see what, um, what we can arrange. What would be the best way to contact you, uh, once we've come to some sort of agreement?
1: I think, like, our stuff comes through the Houndspot, Yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So Minx will give them the details on that.
0: Uh, yeah. So they, they nod and just, they, they look very, very thoughtful, this is not precisely what I expected to uh, be discussing this evening, but I think it's a been you know, a worthwhile use of time. Um, and they they will kind of stand up and uh, sort of straighten out their skirt and be like, "Now uh, I do need to get back out there before uh, someone comes looking for me."
1: Indeed, although perhaps in the future there can be meetings that are not so tainted by business.
0: I think to kind of again that thoughtful look is like, "We shall see." <laughs> Thank
2: you very much for hearing out our proposal,
0: Lee's Greer. Uh yeah, and they, they nod at you um and, and will uh kind of they, they escort you back out. They're not gonna like leave you hanging out in their kind of private area of the house. And yeah, then they'll kind of, you know, Head back over, and I think to to all three of you, it's sort of a, a familiar sort of thing. Of like, you can kind of see like the the posture and body language and facial expression all all <laughs> shift as they move back into you know liege greer mm-hmm. playing right. that role.
2: Holy shit! They heard us out and didn't call the muscle at us.
1: <laughs> Given who I heard about them from, I figured tonight might go better than usual.
2: It was a nice move with the last
3: bill.
1: Yes, but I think in an altruistic endeavor like this, we can't stand on disguises.
3: Yes, I don't think we would have kept the disguise once the deal was made, or even before the deal was made. It would not be fair to ask them to involve themselves in something without knowing who we are.
2: You think we can turn that hard maybe into a yes by talking to their wife?
3: I think we need to give them time to
2: contemplate.
1: Now, if you excuse me, I was in the midst of a story. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know about you, Myra, but I didn't have much to do
3: right now. <laughs> I don't have much to do, but what were you thinking? Want dance? Yes, <gasps>
2: I will dance with you. <laughs> I'm warning you. I'm I'm kind. I'm a horrible dancer.
3: (laughs) I don't think I've ever been taught to dance the way that they're dancing here. Well, we can always just watch them and then figure it out, right? We'll just have fun with it.
2: Uh, Do you think these guys are kind of the type to have fun, though? They seem very traditional.
3: Well, we're not trying to make friends with any of them except Greer and Verena, and I very much doubt they care.
2: (laughs) Alright, well... Yeah, no, I guess if we don't look too weird,
3: then
2: maybe it's okay.
3: Since when are you worried about looking weird? Well, since you put me in a room full of rich people. (laughs) Forget about the rich people, just be yourself. What? Myra's, like, literally taking her hand and, like, dragging uh, her out onto the dance floor at this (laughs)
1: point. Myra! Free help! (laughs) This is so cute. It's really
0: cute. There's a string quartet that I think, like, right around, like, right before Blair had said, like, do you want to dance, had, like, started up, God, I want some kind of role to figure out how well you <laughs> do on dancing. <laughs> it's not going to come with, there's not, it's not going to have any stress. This is, like, a, this will be a fortune roll. So whatever ability you think I'm going to roll finesse suited. because,
4: oh, God, Blair is so scared now. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's finesse. Oh.
0: Yeah, okay, both of you roll
4: finesse. I'm pushing so we'll myself treat it as for a, it oh my god <laughs> I have the stress spare, and I only have one in finesse
1: do okay.
4: <laughs> I feel like this
1: is a no consequence rule <laughs> but I want <gonna> to have <laughs> the extra dice let her do it let her
0: do it let her do it oh god okay good
4: thing I had the extra dice that's a two and a six
0: okay I got a four four okay so then uh, since it's a, a technically a group action <laughs> nobody takes stress no, nobody takes stress. It's a six. And um, yeah, somehow like it, the, the two of you manage to, to you know, like I, I think you maybe do spend a little bit of time kind of watching everybody else. You're like, oh, OK, I can. Yeah, we can do that. And then, yeah, you're just dancing around the, the foyer with the, the handful of other folks who are dancing. It's not a huge party. There's probably only about like 30 or 40 people here total, um, which compared to some of the other parties you've been to is a small crowd.
3: I insert really quick. Yeah, yeah. Who leads? I
4: I think Myra leads- Well, Myra did get a four, but Myra's taller.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think it's cuter if Myra leads.
0: Cute. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: But it's already, like, I'm flailing around in my chair <laughs> cute, so, like-
4: Mina, I have an idea for a quick combo if you want. Yes! What well, we did. Yes! Myra, that. People staring. Nobody's staring.
3: Oh, well, we were staring a little bit, but <laughs> I think that's to mm. be expected. thing
2: like you said earlier about being myself. It's hard to do around strangers. I understand. I I don't know if you do, I'm weird. I know that I'm not afraid to be weird when I'm I'm with all of you, but we're, we're trying to get rich people on our
3: side here and I gotta be really careful. Not to scare people away. I think in this case, a little dancing, a little bit of awkwardness on the floor isn't going to sway anybody who matters. It's not just the dancing. It's it's all of me. I will say, to some extent I can understand where you're coming from, it's very difficult to open yourself up and (laughs) let yourself be whoever you want to be. But I think it's worthwhile work, don't you? If we're trying to change the city to let other people have better lives. Maybe maybe we can believe that we can let ourselves show just a little bit sometimes. I guess it is a
2: small price to pay. A little bit of personal discomfort is really nothing if we're trying to change a, an entire system. I can do that.
3: And maybe it'll become personal comfort. You never <laughs> know. I, I don't think parties
2: are going to be my kind of personal comfort.
3: Maybe we just need to find the right party.
2: I'm banned from every library in the city, though. You forget.
3: Oh, no, you are. Yeah. <laughs> Blair, we have to sneak <laughs> you in one of these days. Hmm? I mean, I have access to a number of libraries. I don't want to burn any bridges.
2: I'm banned from all of them, and they would clock me immediately
3: unless I went in with a disguise. Ugh. <sighs> well, you let me know if there's any research you need out of them.
0: yeah i will god this is so good these good friends this good character development um so yeah i think that honestly the three of you have like a nice time at this party like i think that particularly i think when when you like there is a meal here you all get dinner and it is really nice and i think that there's probably a moment they have fruit yeah oh there's fruit, there's vegetables, oh
4: my God, I don't know if Blair has ever had a fresh vegetable,
0: yeah, um, and I think that th- you're hopeful that this is going to you know work out in a way where you know some of the the money that's being spent on all of this finery might be turned towards helping more of the people in the city um okay, so um for downtime. Where where do we find Minx and Myra during their downtime here?
1: I think Minx is going over what we know of Hagrid's clinic, like written down. But she's kind of only half paying attention. Is just sort of like Mm-hmm-hmm. she still has the magpie's mask on the on the table next to her.
4: <laughs>
1: uh, she's still kind of riding that high a little bit.
3: I think Myra sets a cup of tea next to her elbow. Oh, thank you. Of course. Looked like you could use it.
1: Yes, well, it's always a good time for tea. Uh, <laughs> she'll take a take a sip. It has been a long time since we've gotten to go to a party and yes, just socialize like that. I've missed it.
3: You do? You still enjoy that?
1: Yes, of course. If for no other reason than the attention.
3: <laughs> I know you didn't have such a great experience with the Centralia Club, and I had wondered.
1: I I mean, that was a bit of an eye opener, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yes, uh, but there's no reason I can't still enjoy a party now and then. Of course, it's not really the wealth itself, you understand. It's more the uh, bringing everyone together under one woo- roof and having a good time.
3: Yes, and they're really they're able to indulge in that kind of completely giving into luxury in a way that most people can't. But, so I can I can really see the appeal there.
1: Yes, and like. It's not just for me. Like, hopefully, Bozo and Nerex can find their own way, but secretly, I kind of hope to just burst onto the scene as a (laughs) radical new money noble and sweep them both up in my wealthy shenanigans.
3: (laughs) Is that why you got into this kind of thing?
1: Yes. It was more about me at first, but definitely, well... There was Bozo, and then we had that falling out, and then we talked, and then had another falling out. So <laughs> I don't know where he stands on it, but I'm thinking Nerex is definitely part of that future now.
3: Sorry that you ended up with a crew that uh, really isn't going anywhere fast in terms of riches.
1: I mean, I I think I'm more comfortable knowing that we have made a difference than... Indulging my own personal tastes. That's a bit more spiritually satisfying, don't you think?
3: <laughs> Certainly. I agree.
1: Of course, that's all presuming we can actually make a lasting change. I don't mean to be negative, but... No.
3: I mean, at this point, it's it's all faith, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Speaking of, there do seem to be a lot of forgotten gods in our path. Hmm.
3: I don't know if it's Blair or if we just got we just got lucky
4: that way.
1: <laughs> Perhaps a bit of both.
4: Probably both.
1: Yeah, you know it's that stuff seems like it affects everyone, and I'm starting to become less able to ignore it. I mean, Blair's got her stuff. You've been affected. Uh, Near yeah. and I have our own things, and I'm just over here in my little no mystic things bubble.
3: Well, you've got two people who can try and help you fend off any of that kind of thing. So there's if you're not able to, that's that's fine.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that, really.
3: It's so strange they have money. But it's it's still not enough for these people.
1: Yes, I truly do not understand it. I can I can internalize Friends and rules and faux pas and social agreements. I But I cannot understand having everything you need and more and just wanting more.
3: I mean, clearly not a mindset I understand either.
1: <laughs> well, even if we don't make a lasting difference, hopefully there are some... a significant number of folks taken down a peg.
3: This is... this might be... Strange to ask. Hmm? While I'm being nosy. (laughs) Oh, no, it's a
1: welcome change, honestly.
3: You have a voice you usually use, and I understand that, you know, that's the one that you choose. I've just noticed occasionally you slip into other voices, and it doesn't seem to be... I don't know, I just wondered if if everything was um, all right, I guess.
1: (laughs) Well, I, um... (laughs) Well, I... Try to comport myself with an air of dignity and grace, and I try to speak to that fashion. As you know, I didn't really come from that. can speak in other ways, if I want to. As to whether I'm... <clears throat> I'm okay... Huh. You know, I don't think I really know.
3: We don't have a lot of time to stop and reflect in our life.
1: No. And you're right. Recently, it's been harder to keep my usual perfect put-together self.
3: Is that something you prefer? Or is it just something you learned to do to survive?
1: I... I mean... The voice I use as Ellie is more the one for survival. Ellie is... Who I came from. Mm Mm-hmm. And who I still am, really. Minx is who I am attempting to choose to be.
3: I think who you choose to be is who you are.
1: I... I'm not so certain. Because these days it seems more and more we must end lives and endanger ourselves and others and put ourselves in situations where... Where I have to be more Ellie.
3: So what are the values that Minx embodies that, that you're afraid you're having to throw away?
1: Well, class, sophistication, kindness, nurturing. Ellie's a... I used to be, believe it or not, more violent. Out of necessity, you understand, all three of us were, by necessity, violent children. Ellie's more cold, I suppose. And I don't like that.
3: I've never thought of you as a particularly cold person. And I think even now, when we're having to be more violent, you are still opening yourself up to kindness. And you care about people. It's one of the things I admire about you.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you, Myra. I... not certain... I can agree. I certainly try, but I thank you.
3: I think Myra stands up at this point and just kind of like leans over and like kisses the side of Mink's head. You let me know if there's anything I can do to help.
1: Mink sort of blushes a little bit. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Thank you, Myra. You you know, you can ask the same of me.
0: I do know. I think um, a couple days after that. You've all had some time to wind down from the party. You've all gone to see Sikhs again. Maybe talk to Sikhs a little bit about some of your, your plans. But uh, you you do head back over to the Hound's Paw uh, to to check in with Rigney, see about your messages. And yeah, Rigney um, will will give you kind of a, a few uh, notes and things. Um, some of them are just kind of from, from some of your other contacts around the city, checking in, saying, you know, here's what we know, kind of, you know, part of Myra's information network, but there is a, uh, an envelope on, on very, you know, nice thick paper that is, uh, has a, like a wax seal on the back that you, you open up and um, it's very nice paper and, and ink, but the handwriting is eh, not, not the greatest. <laughs> and, and it, it just uh, is a, a brief note, Saying that should the the clinic currently owned by Dr. Hagen become uh, available for new ownership uh the the Evermore family is willing to commit um, a, a number of uh you know an amount of money that comes out to um, roughly eight coin a month uh to to the upkeep and and maintenance of uh, a clinic that would uh serve the the people of Duskwall. I think it's actually phrased as serve all the people of Duskwall. And it it is signed, uh, Liege Greer Evermar. Thanks for listening. The Magpies will be back in two weeks. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at magpies underscore pod and visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash magpies podcast. The Magpies podcast is GM'd and produced by Re. Follow me on Twitter at RheeAnon42, and check out RPGskillcheck.net for my copy editing and accessibility freelance site. Blair Culhane is played by Kim Kogut. Follow her on Twitter at Kim jones. Minx is played by Josie. Follow her on Twitter at DragonGirlJosie, and watch her art streams at picarto.tv slash Dragon Girl Josie. Myra Keel is played by Minna. Follow her on Twitter at Minna Minar. The opening and closing theme music is from Trio for Piano, Violin, and Viola by Kevin MacLeod and is used under a Creative Commons license. The Blades in the Dark roleplay system is the creation of John Harper and is published by Evil Hat Productions. Now... I'd like to thank our magnificent Patreon backers, Rudy Scholls. Thank you! You like finding
2: a needle in a haystack. Sorry, we don't have haystacks, do we? Um, because yeah, probably not.
4: Yeah. Alright, so I have to come it's, up with a C yeah. equivalent.
2: Um. <laughs> you, find, you like finding a needle in a pile of bones.
0: A pile of what? <laughs> <laughs> I have a bone. I mean, know, that's a I went, Blair a very, thing to say. I went with it's very first, good. The first
4: Blair thing that came up, I was just like, okay, if we don't have, hay, what do we have? I know the setting doesn't have a lot of herbs, so what do we do? Blair works a lot with bones. If she does taxidermy or like the sex <laughs> stuff, she probably has like a lot of like amphibious or bird bones lying around yeah. that
3: are very yeah. needle-like. Yeah, I mean. I was going to say a pearl in a mushroom tunnel or something like that. (laughs) Nope, nope. I love the bones. (laughs) Yeah, it's real good.